0: This is a story all about how when life in high school goes up and down, it'll take 20 minutes to sit right there. We'll tell you some fun facts and education on self-care. In
1: Westerbanna at CUNY High, in the espresso store, spend most of my time. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and talking to students instead of the school. When a couple of students who were trying to be cool, wondering what was happening in the episode. Well, we want to give advice so you're not scared, so come and join the fun and we'll tell you what's out there.
0: The same and the seeds, we know the deal. The topics and advice are so fresh and so real. If anything I could say, this podcast is rare. The stories, the people, you don't want to miss this, I swear. We hope
1: all this is helpful and everyone will listen tell all your friends and family we're on a mission you know where we are remember our tune we're in the SSO come to sit us soon welcome back to Coffee with the Counselors I'm Miss Deeds and I'm here with Miss Amy and it is the end of February which has come and gone super fast Yep. It's yesterday like it didn't exist.
0: <laughs> yesterday was two twenty two twenty two and after that every day until the end of February is a palindrome. So it's two, two, three, two, two today.
1: It's a palindrome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like where if you say it's like the same on both sides. Oh. Okay. Like, you know. Two two three two two uh-huh. two two four two two, 22422. Or, like, the name Hannah is uh-huh. a palindrome because it's H A N N A H. So it's like backwards and forwards, it's the same thing. Uh-huh. That's what a palindrome is. Uh-huh,
1: interesting. <laughs> Learning new things every day. Well, yeah. something interesting that has been happening, uh, which I don't know if you've checked out or not, but the uh, Winter Olympics in Beijing has ha- like been going on majority yes. of
0: February, right? Yes, it ended last Sunday with the closing ceremonies, which was very sad because my family was glued to the table. <laughs> not the table. <laughs> glued to the TV for two whole weeks mm-hmm. with all the drama and the... Joy, excitement, disappointment, sadness. We went through it all. It was a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah.
1: So today I think we're going to spend some time just kind of dissecting it a little bit, talking about maybe um, how the athletes feel when they're performing, how that affects their mental health before, during, and after the games, and just kind of shining light on the young people that are competing around the world. So
0: was there a particular event that was your favorite? Well, my personal favorite this time around was the men's figure skating with Nathan Chen. And that's new for me because I haven't been into the men's figure skating in a while. Like I've always been into the women's figure skating, but I don't know if there's people who have followed, but I haven't watched since like the old days of Scott Hamilton and Brian Boitano. And, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. He did the announcing this, this time around, but yeah, but this time, I don't know. I think I'm a kind of a fair weather fan. Mm -hmm. And because uh, there haven't been any U S men who have done really well the past, couple of years, I haven't followed, but this year when I was watching all of a sudden, like they said, Nathan Chen is this amazing skater. And he was on like all the commercials. So I was like, oh, I want to watch him. So then I saw him and then I kind of heard a little bit more of his story because he also went to the Pyeongchang um, Olympics in Korea. And apparently he did really poorly, I guess on his short program. So I think he did a okay long program but his short program he fell a lot so i think that was really really disappointing for him so it was kind of like his comeback time and uh, like a lot of the stories of him highlighted going back i think he's a yale student so i think like pausing going back to school and then pausing On skating kind of getting himself back together again and then recommitting to train and strengthen up for the Olympics and then this was kind of his time to shine and he did so well he did like everything perfectly Mm -hmm. well maybe not perfectly but (laughs) it was definitely better than all the other men so then he ended up getting gold and it was like this victory moment for him Mm -hmm. like redemption from the past Olympics so it was a really good story as well as uh, i don't know it was really wonderful to watch too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What was his reaction like when he did he get a gold medal?
0: Mhm. Yeah, he won gold.
1: As you'll find out through this episode, I do not know as much about <laughs> the Winter Olympics as you does. I caught the highlights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he won gold and uh, I think it was like when I think about Nathan Chen, I feel like his is a really beautiful, like I said, redemption and success story of kind of learning from his own failures, which is something we talked about at home with Mm -hmm. the kids too. Like, he didn't let one time of disappointment, just like let him throw in the towel and then say, I'm not doing this anymore. But he used that as fuel, you know, in his own way to motivate him this Olympics to, you know, really redeem that and do really well. So... He just did so well, and he started off with the sh- the short program, like, phenomenally. Mm-hmm. And you could tell at the very end of his skate, like, he was just having so much fun because he knew he did so well. And even this one part, he, like, was giving, gave this, like, fist, you know how, like, they twirl around really, mm-hmm. really fast? And then in that time, he gave this, like, fist pump, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't know if it was a part of his choreography, but... People talked about that this mom, you know, like, because it was apparently he's kind of like the stoic person who doesn't really show his emotions. But Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like spilling out of him because he was so excited, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was really happy for him. Yeah.
1: Miss Amy is like the number one. (laughs) Band because whenever it was happening, we were me and Miss Courtney were talking about. You know, you can just watch that like the next day on YouTube or something. And Miss Amy was like, "No, I'm staying up to watch it, no matter how late it is. I need to see it live." So, yes. Um, but he sounds super amazing, and that he has had to have sa- his own sacrifices, right? If he had to leave school to focus on training, and it sounds like he was he's a very motivated individual um, outside of the rink as well. So, yeah. um, I'm glad that you had that teachable moment with your, <laughs> your kids and was able to, sh- you know, share that because I think it's important for young people to see, um, you know, people that are in the spotlight highlighted and, um, that they do struggle too. Cause sometimes we forget that, you know?
0: Yeah. So I think when we see people on TV, it's hard, like in a, an event like the Olympics or, I guess with a lot of reality TV, before it was never, like, real people. It was, like, a stage show or a movie or, you know, something scripted. So we just kind of think of it as, like, a character. And we kind of dissociate that it's, like, real human beings with real lives and pressure. But now I feel like when we're seeing people real time it's easy to kind of look at what they're doing and judge them by their successes or what they don't do right, but, like, they all have to come home, they all go back to school, Mm -hmm. they're only college students, a lot of them, Mm -hmm. and they have to go to, uh, you know, live a normal life and go to the grocery store and get coffee and, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, it's not just about this, like, one-time Olympic moment, but it's, like... That's just kind of like one marking point in their lives mm-hmm. of significance. But it might not even be like the highest thing, mm-hmm. like Simone Biles, mm-hmm. do you wanna talk about?
1: Yeah, so uh, um, Simone Biles got engaged this past week to someone was <laughs> a some pro football player, <laughs> um, I'm not sure what his name is, but she's super excited, and she had made a quote to the media that um, getting engaged was better than any medal, medal that she could have won, which I feel like says a lot, because she trained for years, and gymnasts, it seems, like kind of peak by the age, or maybe not even peak, but, um, you know, they only compete until, like, age 25, maybe. I mean, that's kind of even pushing it in a lot of situations. So, um, you know, she's dedicated her whole life to this. So, her saying that, you know, being engaged and being, like, a normal person and finding her purpose and meaning um, and starting this life uh, with her fiancé, I think, says a lot about how she's and she's really had to go through a lot over the last few years um you know she she was very vocal over the summer olympics about the trauma she experienced with larry nassar Mm -hmm. as were some other gymnasts um but you know she actually pulled out because she just couldn't she couldn't compete and she didn't feel like she was being the best for her team which took You know, when you're in the national spotlight like that, I would think that that would take a lot of courage and bravery to stand up for what you need in that moment. And I think she's a great example of someone that um, really put herself first um, Mm -hmm. and her teammates first because she knew that she couldn't be the best that she needed to be uh, because she was dealing with those other things. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just important to remember that, like, just the perspective of why we do things in life sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves for this one moment whether it's like i don't know a meet or a competition or a performance or getting into college or something you know but like then those moments do pass and then a lot of times i think people are left with like oh well, what was that really about? Was that worth it? And now what kind of Mm -hmm. thing? Which is, I think, um, you know, athletes, like you had mentioned, uh, come home from the Olympics and they go through a a lull because they have to process being on a high at the Olympics and how they performed there Mm -hmm. and then how they didn't perform there for those who feel like they, you know, are disappointed with how things played out. And then how they're going to move forward and stuff. So,
1: yeah, because there's a study done in like 2021 uh, that said that like 25 about 25 percent of athletes that were um, like Olympic athletes or Paralympic athletes would experience like this dark period after they have to go back um, to their usual <laughs> life after the Olympics uh, were done, where they had to resume many things like you had just mentioned, like going to the grocery store, going to class, going to do whatever, working out not in this high intense uh situation but just like for your own physical fitness and well-being and to help with your other like mental health and everything like that. Um but the high stakes and the pressure that was put on them, you know, they're not I guess they're professional athletes in the In the sense that, you know, they're competing on this national level. But they're, you know, 15-year-olds or, you know, 20-year-olds that aren't used to this type of pressure. And understand, like, if they're just going to the gym all day and then going home. Like, that's just, that was their life. And so that they can prepare for the Olympics. Because they only happen, like, once every four years. So if you only have the limited amount of times that you could possibly compete, like the pressure builds and builds. So that's Mm -hmm. why a lot of them have come out and, um, shared their struggles of how they felt, which I think brings great awareness to us, um, as a nation and as a, as a communities that we can be like, you know what, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that feels this way. People that, you know, have made a bunch of money off endorsements and like have been to the biggest stage that they could be in for their, um, sport also feel these same things that I do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but again, like you were saying, like the so much pressure is like resting on this one moment in time, and mm-hmm. like Simone's situation, she is seeing that like you know there's there's more out there that I have yet to do, um, and her voice is big too now because she has been in the spotlight, so she can make a a large impact, I think, and really resonate with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talking about, um, the pressure of 15 year olds, let's talk about <laughs> the women's figure skating uh, finale. Um, I watched this uh, on TV and there was a lot of emotions and drama that ensued after, because, uh, I don't there know. Was
1: drama leading up to it, right? Like yes.
0: I think it was a culmination of the drama because what had happened was there was a Russian figure skater, Mm -hmm. Kamila Valieva, and uh, she, uh, you know, Russia in general had this whole doping scandal thing um, from before, Mm -hmm. so they can't even be known as Russia in the Olympics, it's the Russian Olympic Committee. But, so she was found to have this medication that enhances performance but it's like a heart medication Mm -hmm. but it's on the list of illegal doping drugs and uh, then i'm not really sure why but there was a um a vote to see if she should she could skate or not and they actually allowed her to skate which was very controversial because many people felt like she should just not have been allowed to because it's very black and white if you have this in your system you shouldn't Mm -hmm. um and if you don't, then you can. But they allowed her to skate. But they said that if you do skate and you medal, then we're going to cancel the medal ceremony, which seems very unfair for the other two people, mm-hmm. the other athletes who medal, because then they had that Olympic moment taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Well, she did find in her first short program, but then the long program, I think it, in my opinion, it was like the pressure that she felt from... Uh, all of the things that were happening because she did very poorly and she fell multiple times and she ended up getting fourth so she didn't meddle but that she, so she's the one that went at the very end so right after she went everyone knew their placements so she was obviously very upset after her long program she came off the ice and immediately her coaches were saying things in Russian to her that the commentators were saying that they were criticizing her mm-hmm. and then so she Looks so nervous, and then the scores came out, and then she starts crying mm-hmm. intensely because she's disappointed, obviously. So then, the standings then were two Russian skaters for first and second, Anna Sherbakova and Alexandra Trusova, and then a Japanese skater, Kaori Sakamoto, got bronze. Well, the second place, bronze, no, silver skater then starts yelling and crying. And uh, I didn't know what was happening. So I actually don't, nothing has been confirmed to me why she was so angry, but she was very angry. Uh, I don't know if it was because she was disappointed for her teammate or she was upset about something for herself, but she was yelling that she wasn't going to go on the podium. And then they... You know, turned the cameras turned to the Japanese skater and she's bawling too, but apparently she's like crying out of happiness because she won bronze. And then Anna Sherbakova was the one who won gold, and nobody was congratulating her. She just kind of like, stood up in this confused look, you know, with this confused look in her face because nobody, everyone was like crying. There was chaos everywhere. And I felt so bad for her because Mm -hmm. she couldn't have this, like, joyous Olympic moment because she won gold in the Olympics, you know, and Mm -hmm. no one was even congratulating her. Mm -hmm. But all that drama to say, it was really intense. And I was very confused as what was happening because it was very not typical of, you know, what happens after (laughs) the ladies skate Mm -hmm. in the Olympics. Then I thought about Camila Valieva and how she's only 15 years old, which means she's probably like a sophomore, Yeah, you know, and I think about some of our sophomore students and to have that kind of pressure Mm -hmm. and people like the world be so angry at you for something that you can't even control because you're just listening to the adults, Mm -hmm. you know, they're the ones that told her what to do or... She kind of had no choice but to do what they told her to, and then she received intense criticism, and pressure, and all of that kind of came out in her skate and in her performance, and it was just a lot. And it and felt even really after sad. she
1: did that, like you know, she didn't perform as well as she had wanted, and um, you know the the coaches and people were like yelling at her. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like she already internally felt like such at a low point, And then to just have that, like, reemphasized by someone who you thought would care about you. And given all of the media attention that this whole thing had gotten, like you think would have a little bit of empathy. But it really just like exacerbated it all.
0: Yeah. Because especially as adults, we need to be protecting young people. Uh-huh. Yeah, and helping guard even their mental health. Even mm-hmm. with all the discussions of athletes and mental health, I feel mm-hmm. like there's still so much intense pressure to perform. Mm-hmm. And maybe more so in other countries, but still it was a really sad thing to watch unfold. Very unfortunate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I
0: do feel bad for her because
1: of, like, the pressure that's put on her, the lack of support that she seems that she received as well. And, you know...
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just a hard situation, but... Yeah. And one more story I want to highlight that really impacted me was Michaela Schifrin, Mm -hmm. who's this gold medalist skier. And she had five events that she was going to ski down. And the first two events were her her best... uh, Her best categories of skiing. It was like the slalom and something else. (laughs) I can't remember. But she skied out in both of them, and uh, I think it was very shocking and confusing for everybody, especially her. So after her second one, after she skied out, she kind of like just sat on the slopes for like 20 minutes with her head down in her knees. And uh, you know, then NBC kind of interviewed her on the way down, and she was just saying... She was just really confused about why that happened as well as like, um, she said she was questioning everything that she ever did kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought it just made me really sad for her because of the pressure that she probably felt as well as like the internal struggle that you could see that she was going through, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... But then, in light of that, it kind of, maybe we can talk about just uni students in general and the pressure that students have, whether it's, like, in sports or different areas of performance. Like, I know we have a lot of dancers or... being academic, you know, and, like, or being
1: a part of a lab or, like, doing these things that a typical... 15 through 18 year old probably isn't doing. So, like, you know, feeling like you have to do more in order to be the best. Uh-huh. Um, whether it's like internally motivated or if it's motivated by like someone outside, like your parents uh-huh. or um, other peers or teammates or whatever. Like, I think, you know, through talking with a bunch of students here, that sense of a pressure cooker does exist in a variety of ways.
0: Yes. And being a young person, I think stress in general is so detrimental to brain development as well as physical growth. And it just affects all areas of young people's lives, Mm -hmm. you know, because your bodies and minds are still growing. So uh, I think, and obviously like the stress and pressure probably will exist Hmm. because you're committing to different things that have a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. um, whether it is your academics or outside activities but I think part of the ways to counter that is just to have more of a balance you know or knowing strategies of how to manage stress so it's not just completely overwhelming Mm -hmm. but there's like a healthy way to deal with and live with that stress that's not stressful, like Mm -hmm. it's not constant stress, Mm -hmm. but moments of uh, enjoyment and relaxation Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Mm self-care that I don't think students really understand how important it is Mm -hmm. because you're young. But as you get older, I think people Mm -hmm. understand that a little bit better and incorporate that more. But it needs to be something that young people do because I think young people face just as much stress, if not more stress Mm -hmm. and pressure Mm -hmm. than older people.
1: And I think that if you don't learn how to do it when you're younger, then it's harder to implement it into your life as you get older because you're used to this steady level of feeling uncomfortable because mm-hmm. you're heightened all the time because of your stress. And that's just kind of like your new normal. But your normal doesn't have to be like that. It can be more balanced. And, like, you know, you can take a break and come back to it. And usually if you're able to do that, you feel more refreshed and able to focus better than if you're just constantly just fearing, like, what's ahead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but because even for myself I feel like self-care is usually not a prior like a priority even though we talk about it all the time but mm-hmm. it was never really a priority for me as like a young person either um mm-hmm. it was like going from one thing to the next all the time so you're always just like busy mm-hmm. and but like being able just to still like now i just kind of sit down in a room for five to ten minutes and stare outside or you know like go on a walk and appreciate the small things like seeing wildlife or noticing a pretty flower or oh let's people watch because that's Mm -hmm. always interesting too Uh but you know like finding ways to incorporate that when you're younger and not just always having to be entertained which is also probably hard for young people because of like social media and like constant, like think of how many times that people check their phones Uh right, like I don't know we could google it, how many times people check their phones a day, but I bet it's like more than 150 times a day (laughs) (laughs) that is a lot
0: yeah, and part of that I think is just habit, like just having the impulse to just like, oh look, because you're used to looking, so resisting that impulse, Mm -hmm. but also resisting it with a purpose, because you know One, you don't need to and two it's probably better if you don't Mm -hmm. you know and also for young people and students i think it's important to internalize the message of like self-worth and uh, like who we are isn't based on our performance because i think that not something like you said it's better t- if you learn it earlier because if you're always thinking that it is much harder later in life to like get those bad messages out of your head mm-hmm. if that's kind of how you've always just thought of yourself mm-hmm. so this constant need to do something or accomplish something rather than just to be who you are and know that you are valued and then because of that, then you can take care of yourself because you're like, I am valuable for who I am. So I need to like mm-hmm. do things outside of performance oriented things mm-hmm. to take care of myself. I think like, an example
1: of that could be like, you could be a hardworking student, but you don't have to be working all the time. But in those times that you're working, you could be like really diligent and like, you know, get a lot of things done but it doesn't mean that you're working on work every mm-hmm. moment from the time you go home until you go to sleep. Like, you're probably just not utilizing your time well at that point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if you value some of those things, like I wanna be considered a hard worker, well, you still can and have those breaks and moments where you're taking care of yourself mm-hmm. without just trying to do the most, you know?
0: Mhm. Yeah, you can be a hard worker to, or work hard to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and focus all of that energy into whatever it is that is, like being quiet, like you said, or Mm -hmm. something that you feel like is good for you. Mm -hmm.
1: Because I think people think like, oh, well, if I'm just going to like sit here, then I'm lazy, but Mm -hmm. it's okay to be like, I wouldn't call it lazy, but like to be still and um reflective mm-hmm. are both really powerful things that can help you come up with new ideas or um you know think of something new you want to try just because you hadn't thought of, of it before but if you're constantly like stimulating yourself like the way that you know how then probably those new ideas aren't coming into mind
0: mm-hmm. Man, I wish all the Olympic athletes could have listened to our podcast before they went to Beijing. Yeah, might have learned a thing or two. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, man. Well, we appreciate every one of you, and thank you for tuning in. Um, Next time, we'll be back with something new. But until then, if you haven't seen the highlight reel of uh, Nathan Chen, you should go and check him out.
0: Yeah, I think I'll do that, too. (laughs) Bye. Bye.